morning. You are above all kings. You are above all powers. You are above all rulers. You are above all governments. You are above all nature. You are above all created things. You are above the knowledge of man. You are above the wisdom of man. You are above the ways of man. You are above the creation of man. You are above the invention of man. We worship you. You are above all thrones. You are above all wonder. You are above every possession we could have. You are above every achievement we can ever have. You are above every wealth. The king over all kings. The Lord over all lords. The master over every master. The Bible says the government of the whole world is upon your shoulder. We worship you, O oh God. Governor over all nations. Blessed be your name, O oh God. Hallelujah to your name. We lift you high in this place. You have been given a name that is above every other name. At your name, every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Here in Christ Chapel Barry, we declare Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Over every life, over every family, over every circumstance, over every situation, over this town, over this city, over this place, Jesus Christ is Lord. We bow before your throne. We bow before your majesty. We submit to your lordship. We submit to your kingship. You are the king of our kingdom. Blessed be your name, O God. Hallelujah. Come and do us good in this place tonight. Thank you for your presence that is already with us. We do not take it lightly. We bring our hearts before you. That you might sow your word in our hearts. Let our hearts be prepared to receive. Let our hearts be fertile grounds. Upon which your word will be sown today and to bear fruit. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Today, Lord, do something tangible in our lives. Change our lives. Change our perspectives. To align with yours. Draw us closer to yourself. Let your name be glorified. Holy Spirit, this is your show. Take it over and do your will. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please kindly take your seats. Thank you very much. I'd like to appreciate um, our Father in the Lord and our mommy in this house, Pastor Folari and Pastor Titilayo Akinshola. Thank you for the privilege that you have given to me to be here to share with my brothers and sisters in Christ Chapel this morning. Amen. I do not take it lightly. May the Almighty God continue 
to increase you, continue to lift you high, continue to uphold you with the right hand of his righteousness. In the name of Jesus, you will not fall, you will not fail, you will not falter. In the name of Jesus, you will run this way steadily. You will run faithfully. You will run well. You will finish well. On the day of his appearing, you will not be found wanting. But you will be counted to be partaker of his kingdom at last. In the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for this privilege. Praise the Lord. This morning, I'll be sharing on the topic, climb the mountain again. Climb the mountain again. I have a few scriptures. I'll be reading them as we go. I will start by reading Mark chapter 3, verse 13 to verse 19. Mark chapter 3, verse 13 to verse 19. It reads, And he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave this, the, the name Bonagis, that is son of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him, and they went up, went into a house. Praise the Lord. Climb the mountain again. The first thing you see in this passage is that Jesus went up on a mountain. He went up on a mountain. It was customary for him to go up on a mountain to pray. It was his lifestyle. He went to a place, always went to a place to meet with God the Father. At this time, it was critical time in the ministry of Jesus. Responding to the opposition, he spent a whole night in prayer in Luke chapter 6 verse 12. And then in this scripture, it was time for him to recruit others to do the work that he had to do and to train them for when he will be leaving. He had already offended the religious leaders. They plotted his destruction. Great crowds followed him, not because they were interested in what he had to say or any spiritual things, but his response to whatever was going on, either from the crowd or from the leaders, was to choose leaders to train and to pray. 
The mountain is a place where we meet God. The mountain is that place where we go to refill. Is that place where we commune with the Father? Is that place where we find intimacy with the Father? It is that place where we hear the Father speak. Is that place where he gives to us revelations? Is that place where he shows us the future and the secret things? The mountain is that place where we are with him. The mountaintop experience is very important for every Christian. We need the mountaintop experience. We need to go to the mountain always. We are in the days where Christians have become lazy. We are in the days where doing minimum, they say, is much. We are in the days where we are not willing to come out of our comfort zone. We are in the days where if it is not comfortable, it is not God, according to them. We are in the days where when it doesn't make sense, it is not God. Hello? If it makes sense, it's not God. That you are a Christian doesn't even make sense. That I'm a preacher doesn't make sense to me, myself. If it makes sense, it's not God, most of the time. The mountaintop is where he meets with us. It's the place where he reveals himself to us as he is. It means that if you do not go to the mountaintop, your revelation of him is limited. If you do not go to the mountaintop, the knowledge that you have of him, it is limited. For some Christians, the relationship with Jesus consists of praying every day, going to church on Sunday, that is if it's every day. Let me rephrase that. Praying often. Because often can be once a month, right? Regularly can also be once a month. For some Christians, it is praying regularly, going to church on Sunday. We can allow Jesus to die for our sins, but our relationship stops there. We cannot go further. Price to pray? No, no price to pay. It just has to be easy. It just has to be comfortable. If you are living the kind of Christian life where you are looking for comfort, you may actually be in church for many years without knowing him. You may be in church for many years and all you are is religious. There's a difference between being religious and being a Christian. One that is a Christian loves the presence of God. The place to find the presence of God is on the mountain. I'm not talking about a physical mountain here. I'm talking about a place of meeting with God. If you like, it can be a mountain. Some like to go 
walking. Some like to go to the mountain. But it is the place of meeting with the Almighty God. The text that we read this morning talks about the first climbing of the disciples. And I'm going to show another climbing um, in a few minutes. That's why I said climb again. Now in this, in this scripture, the first thing we see is that, that script, the Bible says that he, called, he went up to the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. That you are a child of God today is because he wanted you. None of us worked for it. None of us earned salvation. We are children of God today because he wanted it. He called him, called us to himself because he wanted it. He himself wanted it. It doesn't matter the circumstances of your birth. It doesn't matter who you are today, what you have or what you do not have. Jesus wants you. Jesus wants you. He loves you. He loves you. That's the reason why he died for you. You are a child of God today because he wants you. And so it doesn't matter what anybody says to you, Jesus wants you. If nobody wants you, Jesus wants you. If everybody rejects you, Jesus wants you. And that is very important. Some people in church today, they do not know or understand their identity. Because they do not realize that Jesus wants them. Whatever you do or do not do does not change the fact that Jesus wants you. That Jesus loves you. And the Bible says that they came to him. So the first thing is that Jesus wants you. The Bible says in John 15 verse 16a that you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. He's the one that has chosen you already. The Bible says no man takes this honor to himself. Hebrews 5 verse 4a. He is the one that chose you. He is the one that chose me. Wow. If Jesus wants me, then nothing else matters. Secondly, what do you see in this scripture? The Bible says he appointed the twelve that they might be with him. The reason why he chose you, the reason why he called you, is that you will be with him. Some have been chosen. Some have been called. Some are even inside the church. But they are not with him. Are you with him? Is the question I'm asking you this morning. Are you with him? The reason why he called us is to be with him. Some people think he called me so that I can preach. He called me so that I can heal the sick. He called me so I can cast out devils. Mm -mm. He called us so that we can be with him. It is out of being with him, out of being in his presence, that the healing the sick comes, the casting the demons come, and the preaching comes. If we are not with him, we have no business healing the sick, we have no business casting devils, we have no business preaching any gospel at all. It is the main purpose is that they will be with him. A preacher would only be useful to Jesus to the extent that he is with Jesus. A child of God will only be useful to the extent that he is with Jesus. If you are not spending time with him, 
on the mountain, then your usefulness is limited. He, and it was when he took them to the mountain, he appointed 12. Out of the many that were following him at that time, he appointed 12 of them so that they will be with him. When they are with him, out of that that he has poured into them from his presence, then they can pour out to others. And so if you have any form of goal or any form of vision concerning your Christian walk, it should be to be with him. That's the first thing, to be with him. Because when you are with him, then you will command demons and they will go. When you are with him, you will speak to sicknesses and it will vanish. When you are with him, you will preach the gospel and it will bring results. And so it is important that you be with him. And then the third thing that that scripture says is that he sent them. When someone is with Jesus and is sent out to serve him, then you can expect that Jesus will release the power that is needed for that service. He will need to release the anointing that is needed for that assignment. He will back it up with his miracle signs and wonders. The business of a minister is to be with Christ. When you are with Christ, the business of a child of God is to be with Christ. When you are with Christ, then you preach. Then souls will be won. Then you lay hands on the sick and they can recover. Then you speak to the demons and they leave. But there's something that I saw in that scripture. The Bible says that he called them that they should be with him and they did what? And they came. Meaning what? It's possible for him to call you and you don't go. And you don't respond. My question to you, have you responded? He is called and he's still calling. Would you answer? Would you go to be with him? Would you stay with him? Would you stay with him? Jesus himself, he lived a mountaintop life. He always went to the mountain. Before he started his ministry, he went to the mountain. The Bible calls it the wilderness. But that was a place to meet with God. 40 days and 40 nights, the Bible says. Now he's about to call the disciples. What was the first thing he did? He took them to the mountain. May I ask you, how did you start? Did you start at the mountain? Or did you start somewhere else? If you started somewhere else, you can go back to the mountain. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Unusual things happen at the mountain. And so if you have climbed the mountain before, you need to climb again and again and again and again. If you have not climbed the mountain before, it's time to go to the mountain so that you can be with him. Unusual things happen when you climb the mountain. And I'll show us a few from some scriptures this morning so that we will have time to pray. The first thing, let me read. Okay, the first thing is that he reveals himself to you in a new dimension. You know, there's a common way that everybody knows him. But when you go to the mountain to seek him, he reveals himself in a way that not everybody knows. Mark chapter 9. If you read verse 2 to verse, verse 6, 
The Bible says, now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Then Peter answered and said to them, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Because they didn't know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. This was another climbing. Now, what did you see about the, this climbing? Not everybody was there. There are 12 that were called, but only three went to this mountain. And can you see how this mountain was qualified? The first we read in Mark chapter 3 says it took them to the mountain. But this particular mountain, the Bible says, and that is in verse 2, it says, led them up to where? To a high mountain. There is a high mountain to climb. There is another mountain to climb and it's higher than the one you have climbed already. It's higher than the one that you climbed when you met him. It's higher than the one that you climbed when you began to serve. It's higher than the one that you climbed when he appointed you, gave you assignment, gave you responsibilities. It's higher than that. There is a higher mountain. And when you go to this high mountain with him, when you go to the high mountain with the Lord Jesus, what happens? He reveals himself to you in a way that others don't know. No wonder he said to them, when they were coming down the mountain, he said, do not tell anybody. Do not tell anybody because this information is not for everybody. It's only for those who are willing to climb the high mountain. Because those that are not willing to climb the high mountain, that are not willing to pay the price to climb the high mountain. You know how the Bible says when you don't throw your pearls to pigs. If you throw your pearls to pigs, what happens? They trample upon it. So don't tell everybody. This is exclusively for you. Why? Because you have paid the price to climb the mountain again. Because you have paid the price to climb the high mountain. Is there somebody in this congregation this morning who is willing to go to the high mountain with the Lord? You are willing to go an extra mile with the Lord. You are willing to pay the price to, to, to be with the Lord. You are willing to pay the price to fulfill your purpose. You are willing to pay the price to be who God created you to be in the first instance. Because the day he created you, the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1 by 5, he says, I have already ordained you a prophet while you were still in your mother's womb. And so who he created you to be, are you willing to pay the price? Because it's not just going to drop on your laps. If it drops on your laps, you will mess it up. You will not treasure it. You will not fulfill the calling. Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to go up that mountain? These three went up that mountain with Jesus. Obviously, they have been with Jesus, not just for the signs and wonders, not just for the food they could eat, not just that they would just listen to what he's saying, but they went to be with him. That's the most important thing. Where in the days where people know, in church, church people no longer pray, where in the days where church people no longer spend time with him, may I ask you, when was the last time that you went to be alone with God. 
alone? When was the last time you took a personal retreat? I have a prayer partner. She calls me. She said, Tony, when was the last time you had a personal night vigil? If I begin to scratch my head, she says something is going on. Wake up. Wake up. When was the last time you had a personal night vigil? Throughout the night, was you alone with God? When was the last time you booked somewhere, a retreat place, and you say, it's me and God? Or is it all that you have is corporate worship? Corporate worship is not going to... Anybody that is going to be, be anybody in God's kingdom needs to meet him on the mountain. You need to meet him on the mountain. You need to consecrate yourself. You need to pay attention to him. You need to be somebody that is accustomed with his presence. You need to be somebody that, somebody that is, has cultivated a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Without a relationship with the Holy Spirit, we are nobodies. We are nothing. I'm not even sure whether we know him. Because it's the Holy Spirit that introduces him to us. And introduces the Father to us. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. There are many experiences that could happen. What happened to the nine? The nine were at the bottom of the mountain. Guess what? They had their own experience. I hope that that is not the experience that you would have. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says that they were there and what were they doing? They were arguing and disputing with the scribes. That's verse 14. They had problems. They had challenges. They were disputing with the scribes. They were arguing with the scribes. Who sent them to argue? Black is black. White is white. The son of God is the son of God. What was the argument about? They were there. They were facing challenges with the religious leaders. Disputing. Why? They were not on the mountain. If they were not on the mountain, they would be, uh, they, if they were on the mountain, they would be receiving the revelation of Jesus, not disputing with the scribes. What was it that was happening at, happening at the ground level? Those that did not go with Jesus to the high mountain. The Bible says a man who looked at them and said, this nine, I'm sure that this nine were with Jesus, you know? So they will be able to help my son. The Bible says the son was demon-possessed. And so he took the son to the nine that were at the bottom of the, of, the, um, of the mountain. And said, please, do something about my son. My son is struggling. The Bible says they tried. Nothing happened. They could not cast the demons. Nothing happened. Why? Because they were not mountain people. No wonder Jesus told them. I think this is in verse 29 of Mark chapter 9. He said, when they asked him, why is it that we could not cast this demon? He was more or less telling them, because you are not a mountain people. Because mountain top people. Because he told them, he said, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. You are not a mountain people. You are not mountain top people. So how can you cast devils? They were almost like the sons of Skivas, only that they knew Jesus. Thank God that the demon did not beat them black and blue like he beats the sons of Skiba. So, where would you be? Mountain top or the bottom of the mountain? Number 
two, what happens at the mountain? It reveals things to you. It reveals the future. It reveals, it reveals secret things. In John, in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1b, we know that the book of Revelation was written by John. He was in the island of Patmos. And he went there. He didn't go there to grumble and to complain. He could have been grumbling and complaining. But he chose to make it a mountain. He chose it to make it a place to meet with God. And God spoke to him in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1b, the second part of it. He said, come up hither, and I will show you the things which must be hereafter. Where? Come up. It is up there that you see revelations. It's up there that I will show you the things that would happen hereafter. He was invited to the mountain to receive revelations from the almighty God. A lot of us beat about the bush today because we have no revelation. A lot of us today, we, we beat about the bush because we have no insight. We have no instructions. Why are we not constantly in his presence? You want revelation. You want insight. You want instructions. You don't want to beat about the bush. You don't want it to be hit and miss. Where to be is the mountain. Those that were in the mountain, they had the voice of God attesting to his son. Said, this is my son, my beloved son. Hear him. God reveals himself. Reveals his true nature. Reveals the future. Reveals secret things. You want secret things? Go to him. Some of us, we covet the anointing that was on Elisha that called down fire. But Elisha was a mountaintop man. Some of us, we covet the anointing that is upon our father in the Lord, Pastor Ie Adiboye. But Pastor Ie Adiboye is a mountaintop man. Even at age 80, I watched it on social media. He was prayer walking. He was prayer walking. At 80. Some of us are 30. We cannot prayer walk. We cannot go to the mountain. In fact, prayer walking is not in our radar. Brethren, we need to concentrate. This race is a serious race. It's not one that you take with every other thing. It's a serious race that you must focus on. And this race is not about what we can get from God. This race is about the hope that we have of eternal life. Whether I'm sick in my body or not, but I will not be sick. Whether I have food to eat or not, yes, I will have food to eat because he's a provider. But it is not my priority. Your priority, my priority, is that we make it to heaven when he comes. That on the day of his appearing, we shall be caught up with him in the air. For you to do that, to be that person. Because these days you see, what do you see? You see that we are being challenged. We are being persecuted. All over the world, Christians are being persecuted. All over the world, our rights, our human rights are being taken away from us. For you to be sustained on this earth, you need to be a mountaintop person. You, not, you're not, you, you won't be a grumbler. You won't be a complainer. You won't be a rebel. But you'll be somebody that is on the mountain. May the Lord give us grace to do this. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. On the mountain, what happens? He makes covenants with us. He makes covenants with us. If you look at Exodus chapter 20, God called Moses to the mountain and spoke to the children of Israel. The Bible says that he spoke to the children of Israel in the midst of fire in the mountain. And they were in awe of, the, of him. He got to Exodus chapter 24. If you read verse 1, time will not permit me. And you read verse 12 to verse 17. 
The Bible says that Moses, God called Moses again to the mountain. One climbing does not hack it. You need to climb again and again and again. He called Moses to the mountain again. And this time, what did he do? He gave him the tablets, the Ten Commandments. He didn't give him the Ten Commandments at the first climbing. He gave him his instructions at the second climbing. If you look through the book of Exodus, you will notice that Moses climbed again and again. This particular one, the Bible says that Moses was with God for 40 days and 40 nights. Then he came down from the mountain, and what did he see? The people that were in awe of God, how many days ago? People that had fe that feared God, how many days ago? What were they doing? They were worshipping the golden calf. He was so upset, so annoyed, he dropped the, 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 the tablets, the tra tablet broke in pieces. God said, okay, now that you are broken into pieces, I've told you about this, your anger. Come to the mountain more so that the anger will go. And then he had to go back for another 40 days, another 40 nights. This time he was the one that carved the stone by himself for breaking it. But he went again. Now, by the time he came back, he did not come back as angry Moses. He came back as a God. He came back as a God that the people, they, they said, please, cover your face. We cannot look at you. We cannot look at you. Cover your face so that we don't die. He came back a different person. The more you go into his presence, the more you stay on the mountain, the more he changes you. Hallelujah. Moses' DNA was changed. It was not normal for his face to be shining. It was not human. That others could not look at the face. No wonder. Bible records he died, but where is his dead body? Moses moved from the level of anointing to the level of glory. The church needs to move from the level of anointing, focusing on anointing, 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 to the level of glory. Because at the place of glory, things don't die. At the level of anointing, you will see the, see the sickness, you see the problem, you see the troubles. But at the level of glory, nothing dies. Everything lives, everything is alive. At the first climbing, it doesn't happen. So you need to continue to go back to the mountain. You go back to the mountain again. You go back to the mountain again. By the time Moses had gone, this time at 40 to 40, 80 days and 80 nights, it was a totally different person. From records you will find that you will find that Mount Sinai is over 7,000 feet high. A man who was fasting 40 days and 40 nights went up 70,000 feet, came down, and then went back again, I mean, seven, 7,000 feet, and came back again. Fasting 80 days. It wasn't that his frame could take it, it was the glory that he was contacting. It was the glory of God that he saw. Everyone in scripture that became somebody went 
to the mountain. He met God at the mountain. Abraham met God at Mount Moriah where he sacrificed Isaac. He met Jehovah Jireh there. Moses met God first at the burning bush. That was a mountain where he was called to ministry. He met God again in Mount Sinai and he kept encountering God in Mount Sinai. Peter, James, and John went to the high mountain and they saw Jesus transfigured. Jesus himself was always in Mount Olives. Look at scripture. Even the week that he was to be crucified, he was on Mount Olives three times. Are you going to be the laid back Christian with a lackadaisical attitude? Or are you going to become serious about your faith? And you are going to become a God chaser. Are you going to become someone that will chase after God and will run after God? David said, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so does my soul pant for you. Are you going to be one that will pant after God? Are you going to be one that will seek after God, that will run after him, that will say, Lord, without you, I am nothing. Are you going to be the one that will seek after him? To the point that you will say, even if he slays me, yet I will praise him. Are you going to love him that much that nothing else matters? Are you going to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith? Are you going to look at that that is to come? That that we are expecting. That when he comes, we shall go with him. Are you thinking about eternal life? Are you thinking about the hope of glory that we have? Or does it end here for you? Scripture says that if all that we get, I'm paraphrasing now, that if all that we have is here on earth, we are of all men miserable. Because you and I, they drank, we didn't drink. They smoked, we didn't smoke. You have made yourself miserable and everything ends here. It doesn't end here. You are doing that, disciplining yourself because there's a place we are going. If you are not focusing on the place we are going, there is a problem. The, the, the way for you to get there, to go there, is to, is to go to the mountain. Contact him daily. Let him pour into your life. Let him touch your life. Let him change your life. Cultivate a relationship with him. Draw close to him. Draw near to him. Let him draw near to you. Have a relationship with him. It's not an official religion. It is a relationship. You need to have that relationship with him. If you have that relationship, you will know. Because it will be like that, your friend that is sitting beside you this morning. It will be so close, you hear him speak. You speak back to him. A lot of us, we speak to him, we don't hear him because we don't listen, we don't wait. We ne you learn how to wait in his presence. You hear him speak. You receive strength. You receive energy. We must go to the mountain. Brethren, will you climb the mountain again? Would you climb again? Again and again. And again and again. The more you climb, the more of him you have. We sing this song. I want more of you. It's going to happen on the mountain. You must go to the mountain. And he will pour more of you, more of himself into your life. We must climb again and again and again and again. Somebody here this morning would like to climb the mountain to be with Jesus. Let us rise on our feet as we go. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We honor you.
you magnify your holy name. Each and every one of us and myself, if we say I've got it 100%, we're liars. As I want you to go be repenting before the Lord this morning. I say, Lord, I have not given attention to meeting with you as I should. I have not paid attention to being alone with you. I'm always in the crowd. I have not been at paid attention to being alone with you. Lord, this morning, I come before you in repentance. I am sorry for neglecting you, for neglecting being with you, for neglecting having fellowship with you, for chasing after things that are not weighty. Lord, I am sorry. I have neglected intimacy with you. I have neglected time alone with you. I have paid more attention to serving and to ministry than I have paid to intimacy, to, uh, 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 to intimacy with the owner of the ministry. Lord, I am sorry. I've paid attention to other things, but not to the most important things. Be merciful unto me. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, that is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Is there somebody that will talk to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, today I make a decision. I make a new commitment that I will come to that place of fellowship. I will come to that place of meeting. I will come to that place, oh God, to, of intimacy in the name of Jesus. More than ever before, <coughs> I will draw close to you. More than ever before, I will come before you on a daily basis. More than ever before, I will have fellowship with you. I make a new commitment today. Oh Lord, be merciful unto me. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Blessed be your name, oh God. Hallelujah to your name. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. In John chapter 6, verse 67 and verse 68. Jesus was asking, after he had preached a hard message, the Bible said that his disciples started leaving. And then he looked at the twelve. He said, would you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. I want you to pray to the Lord this morning. Because there's nowhere else for you to go. You have already roped yourself in. Sorry, you can't get out. It's not possible for you to get out anymore. And so I want you to talk to the Lord and say, Lord, there's no place for me, no other place for me to go. There's no other place for me to go. You are the one that have the words of eternal life. And so it is you that I come to. It is you that I want to be with. It's you that I want to stay with. It's you that I want to come to. It's you I want to meet with. Oh Lord, there's no other place. Lord, meet with me. In the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, meet with me. Oh Lord, meet with me. Let me find you. As I seek you, let me find you. As I run after you, let me meet with you. In the name of Jesus, am I the only one praying in this room? Am I the only one that wants God? Am I the only one that wants fellowship with him? Am I the only one that wants to know him? Am I the only one that wants to be with him? I want you to pray passionately this morning. I want you to tell the Lord I want to be with you. There's no other one I can be with. There's no other one that I, can, I want to be with. You are the one that has the words of eternal life. You are the one that has the words of eternal life. It is you that brought salvation. It's only you that can save me from the eternal judgment that is to come. No other place to go to. I want you to renew your allegiance. Renew your allegiance to the Lord this morning. And say to him, Father, I want to be with you. There is no other place to be. It's you alone I will serve. All the days of my life, it's you alone I want. It's you alone I will worship. All the days of my life, it's you alone I will follow. It's you alone I will obey. I will not follow after any God, any man-made God. 
any 21st century God. I will not follow after any other God. My allegiance is unto you, O God. My allegiance is unto you, O God. Unto you alone. It's you I want to serve because you're the one that has the words of eternal life. Lord, draw me close to yourself. Oh Lord, bring me close. Somebody sincere to the Lord this morning. Somebody praying sincerely. My record shake it, that's it. If you want to cry, yes, go ahead and cry. This is serious time before the Lord. My record shake it. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Does somebody want to pray this afternoon? He said, Lord, take me to the mountain. He took the disciples to the mountain. Oh, Lord, take me to the mountain. Draw me close to, close to you. Take me deeper, oh God. Take me deeper in fellowship with you. Let nothing else take your place in my life. Take me higher, oh God. I want more of you. Take me to the place of intimacy along with you. I want more of you, my Father. Take me deeper. Take me to your dwelling place. Take me to the, the dwelling place. <coughs> I want to worship from your altar. Draw me near, oh God. Draw me near, oh God. Take me from anointing to glory. Submit, surround me, oh God, with your glory. I just want to be with you. Take me to the mountain. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Somebody want to pray this morning. Say, Lord, reveal yourself afresh to me. Reveal yourself in a new dimension. Reveal yourself in a way I've never known you before. Reveal yourself anew. Reveal yourself afresh. And let in the eyes of my understanding that I may know you that I may see you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Marika Sekete, take me to the high mountain. In the name of the Lord Jesus, thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. We, as we, as the word of God said, when we are with him, then there will be signs and wonders. As I want you to pray, Lord, as you draw me close, let there be a manifestation of signs and wonders, miracles, signs and wonders in my life, oh God. Draw me close to yourself and let it be, oh God, from that place of your presence will come signs and wonders, will come the healing of the sick, will come the casting of the demons. In the name of the Lord Jesus, thank you, Heavenly Father. Blessed be your name, oh God. Hallelujah to your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. We talked about going from anointing to glory. But eventually there's somebody in this place this morning. You need a touch from God for one circumstance or situation in your life. You need a divine intervention. Is it a healing for your body, for your mind? Is it something to do with your job, with your, with your education, with your career, with, with, with your children, what have you? Put your hand on your chest. I want to pray for you this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father Lord, we thank you. Because today you brought us to this mountain. Lord, because you want to do something tangible in our lives. Thank you for the privilege of drawing close to you. We pray, oh God, that we will never leave that place of your presence. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever we will do that will take us out of your presence, let us not do it. In the name of Jesus, Lord, restrain us. In the name of the Lord Jesus. This morning, oh God, I agree together with my brothers and sisters in the congregation who are putting their hands on their chest. We are asking, oh God, for the manifestation of your miracles. Manifestation of your power. In the name of the Lord Jesus. We ask for the manifestation, oh God, of that that only you can do. Make a way where there is no way. Heal that body. In the name of Jesus. Heal that mind. In the name of Jesus. Heal that marriage. In the name of Jesus. Heal that career. Redirect, oh God. Give instruction. In the name of Jesus. Touch that child. 
in that place of education. In the name of Jesus, Pareka Secretaria, let that child come back home. In the name of Jesus, that child that is straying, bring them back home. Bring them back to your side. In the name of Jesus, let there be restoration. It's our year of perfect jubilee. Let there be perfect jubilee. Deliverance on all sides. Restoration on all sides. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Blessed be your name, O God. We plead the blood of Jesus. Let your blood avail for us. Let your name be glorified. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Just one minute, sir. Just to talk about the books. Please kindly take your seat for a moment. 2019, I was diagnosed of four diseases, long diseases. Pulmonary embolism, tuberculosis, lung cancer. If you hear my voice, you won't believe that, right? <laughs> and pulmonary sarcoidosis. I'm sure most of you have not heard that before because I had not heard it before until that time. But God said to me, I'm doing your MOT in my country, in the UK, MOT is that, I don't know whether you do it, you take your car every year to, um, to certify it, yeah. and they do the test, okay, if they find any fault, they fix it, and then they give you a certificate that the car is roadworthy for a year. Yeah. I woke up that morning, the Lord said, I'm doing your MOT. Whatever they find, I will fix. Amen. They found all the scans are there, the x-rays are there. They found what they found. In fact, I have evidences on my leg. All these rashes you are seeing is from the pulmonary sarcoidosis. Those are the uh, part of the symptoms. But then the day they said, come, let's now decide on the course of treatment. But before you come, come at 2 o'clock for the appointment, but two, 12 o'clock, go and do another x-ray. Go for a CT scan. Let's see how it has progressed. The investigation took six months. And then we will talk about your treatment. I got there, and the guy began, looked at the x-ray on the screen, that thing that they put on the wall, I don't know what it's called, and then looked at the computer for the CT scan results and all the other things, and I saw confusion on his face. I thought he was going to tell me, okay, you have two weeks to die. But then I had had an experience for six months with God. I was actually ready to go home until he gave me a scripture where he said to live is to live is Christ, to die is gain. And then that's when I thought, oh, so I'm still going to be here. And then, <coughs> to the glory of God, he called two other consultants. They came in. They asked me to go to the waiting room. After about 40 minutes, they called me back in. They said, we're going to have to book another appointment. So they booked another appointment for the following week. <coughs> and um, when I got there, they said, we've had a team meeting. We've pulled consultants from different departments. We don't know what happened. They said, this is the old scan. This is the scan. These are the scans, many of them, that you did last week. Can you see this here? Can you see that there? It's not here. We don't know what happened. Glory be to God. After six months investigation, I wasn't given any um, medication for those diseases. I was given medication to shrink my lymph nodes. The lymph nodes all over my chest were swollen. 
And I said, okay, there's nothing to treat, so we'll shrink the lymph nodes. That was the only thing as I was given medication for, to the glory of God. God said, do a thanksgiving. I shared testimony. I did a thanksgiving in church. One year later, God said, where's my thanksgiving? I said, I thought I did it. And then <coughs> I, now to call, I had to call the whole world because the whole world prayed. There was no time that I, I was glad that I was a Christian than those, those six months. The whole world prayed. So I called the whole world together. We had a praise night. We had uh, another Thanksgiving service. And then we had some refreshments as well. And he said, put that testimony in a book. We put the testimony in the book. It's a book called Alive by Grace. It's out there. Now, since that book was written, people have been reading it. Their faith is going through the roof. And they're receiving the healing. The book is not healing them. But the faith that they receive from reading the book is bringing miracles in their lives. <coughs> After the Thanksgiving, which was one year later, God said, 365 days mounting, 365 days prayer and fasting. People joined me from across the world. And we did that. God drew us closer. Unusual things happened. During the 365 days, four cancer cases was healed. I have a photo of a rectum cancer that disappeared on my phone. I'll show it to you. And God healed. That was that's my choir leader that God healed. And so what happened, well, a glimpse of what happened in 365 days is in the other book called 365 Days Charging Up. Now, please, I want to beg you. It is an experience, not a book. If you will commit to taking a 365 days experience, take the book. If not, please don't take the book. It's an experience. But if you want the book, you can't afford it, talk to me. It's not money matter. God said to me, take the book to the continent. That's what I'm doing. So <coughs> take the book. If you want to do 21 days fast, there's, we have carved out 21 days. It's in another book called 21 Days Charging Up. Everything in the 21 days is also in the 365 days. Then this year, the Lord said, give the youth and the, and the teenagers the same experience. So we have written 31 days for teenagers and 31 days for young adults that's above 18. And what you need to do is that <coughs> that's one days of prayer and of scripture in there. Just take that book and repeat it every month. By the time you've done a year, you have done, you have prayed the same prayer 12 times. Faithfully do this. If you're not going to do it, please don't take the book. But make a commitment on this day that God is calling us to the mountain. This time next year, you will not believe what God has done. Thank you.